you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron the Addisons here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison. And you're joining me today for Wednesdays with Will. I'm glad that you're able to be uh, a part of this. I have what I feel like uh, something that the Lord has laid on my heart to share with each and every one of you. But before I get to that, I want to uh, clear up some announcements first. Make sure that you email us. At Addison's at AFR.net, Addison's at AFR.net, that's A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S at AFR.net. If you want to send us an email, that's the place to go. Also, follow us on Facebook. Just search Airing the Addison's and you'll find us there. Uh, We have a marriage family life date night in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, happening August 24th. Uh, from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. You can register at marriagefamilylife.net. The location would be the Lake Terrace Convention Center at One Convention Center Plaza. And so the attire, you dress casual, be comfortable. And uh, Miki and I will be speaking. We'll have some games that we'll play. We'll have a, a, a meal. And so we need you to register. You have to register by the 17th, by August 17th. And so make sure if you want to be a part of that, go to marriagefamilylife.net and register for the date night happening in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Also, I just want to put out there, I don't even think Miki talked about this, but uh, the Leviathan Mom shirts are in the AFA Resource Center, the afastore.net. You can find those shirts, the black ones with the, the pink letters. And also these shirts, these Leviathan Mom shirts have airing the Addison's, the logo on the back. So they're different. They're different. You, If you want one, make sure that you go to afastore.net and pick you up one or two or three or four, however many you want. Uh, and so uh, that's that's there. Also, I want to say this, uh, the show that did last week, we talked about God being able to deliver uh, from sin, from pornography. And we talked a lot about pornography and I gave some stats and I had a lot of people to um, message me, uh, email me. And I tried to email everyone. I might've missed a couple, but man, uh, that that's a topic that I know really resonated with a lot of people. And I want to do some further uh, conversations about that and how, you know, God is able to free us and deliver us uh, from from sin. But, you know, I spent some time praying and thinking about, you know, some of the people that contacted me. And, man, you know, I know this is a, is a big deal within the church of God. And some of what I'm going to talk about today is not is not that, but it's related uh, in a way uh, to what we talked about last time. Well, it's related to some other things we talked about uh, here on Wednesdays with Will. But today, today's topic is 
the responses, responses to judgment, responses to judgment. And we're going to look at Judah as a, a godly nation. You would think it would be a godly nation as opposed to Nineveh, a wicked city. Uh, America is experiencing judgment. In times past, it has been said that America is under judgment, the passive judgment of God. And I'm coming to think more and more as I look at things and how things are playing out, that's nothing passive about God's judgment at all. A judgment is a topic that we don't really like to discuss or even hint at. And I believe we have to look at where we are with a sense of reality. Listen, we are a sinful nation. We have turned our backs on God. We call good evil and evil good. We pervert justice, kill babies, desecrate marriage. Uh, we are fornicators, idolaters, liars, prideful. And look, I'm speaking about, in large terms, the professing church. This stuff is in the church. Uh, we have to be real where, where we are. And today I, I want to look at uh, some scriptures of people's responses to judgment. People's responses to judgment. So that, let's look at our country first, the United States of America. Now, God in his sovereignty established America for the propagation of the gospel that was spread throughout the world. God's formation of this nation was a miracle. Man, there are stories about how America came to be about that, man, you know, it was only the hand of God. Like this country really should not exist. Uh, this nation, even uh, in its founding, it's not a perfect nation. Just like Israel, historically, there has been a vacillating back and forth between honoring God and disobeying God. Uh, just like how God dealt with other nations, uh, when the measure of grace came to an end, God deals with sin. And he's dealing right now in real time with the sinfulness of America. But we will have to come back to this. We're going to have to come back to this. Now, listen. God has a measure of grace that he extends. He extends to his people. Um, he extends it to nations. He extends grace. He's a gracious God. But there's a time that comes when people turn their backs towards God, especially a people that, that should know better based upon their history. When we look at Israel, based upon its history with God, you would think, man, they should know better. But we but they were they were judged. They, they had to be disciplined. And we do the same thing here in America. We should know better. We should know better. But there's judgment. So let's look at Judah and how they responded uh, to judgment. So God is good at giving warnings. He's full of grace and mercy. He would consistently send prophets to his people to warn them of impending judgment if they did not heed the word of God. God's mercy provided prophets and different ones who would proclaim what God was saying in, in, in an effort to get the people to turn, to turn back to God away from sin. Time and time again, true prophets of God were ignored, mocked, persecuted, and killed for delivering the word of God. Jesus even said in his rebuke of the religious scribes and the Pharisees in his day, 
He said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the, mo the monuments of the righteous. And you say, if we had been living in the days of our, our fathers, we would not have been par uh, partners with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify, Jesus says, yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers. You snakes, you offspring of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell? Jesus was telling them, you guys decorate the tombs and, and celebrate the prophets. And you said, man, if, if, if Isaiah and Jeremiah and these guys were prophesying in our day, we would never have you know, killed them. We never had shed their blood. But Jesus turned around and said, right there, you are confirming that you are the sons of the ones that did kill the prophets. And you're, you're doing the same thing now that you say that you would not do. Stephen, in his indictment of the people in Acts chapter 7, verse 51 through 53, he said, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. There we have it again. Which one, which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one. And you have now become betrayers and murderers of him. You who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. This is an indictment of, of those who would not hear the word of the Lord. And he, and he hearkens back to their history as well and said, which one of the prophets did you not persecute? You killed them all. Because they were trying to deliver the word of the Lord. Stiff neck, uncircumcised in heart. Can we identify as that as, as Americans? Hmm. As a church in America? Well, let's look at the prophet Jeremiah in Judah. He had a difficult assignment. <laughs> Jeremiah was the son of a priest from a small town called Anathoth. And Jeremiah, by lineage, was supposed to be a priest as well. But God had a special assignment for him to speak his word unflinchingly to the people of Judah. Now, Jeremiah preached and, and he prophesied for 40 years, beginning about when he was 20 years old. And Jeremiah consistently foretold of coming captivity by the hands of Babylon but the people paid him little attention and believed the word of false prophets instead. The nation was headed towards judgment, but instead of making the proper adjustments and responding in humility and repentance, humility and repentance, they disobeyed the word of the Lord. Now Jeremiah prophesied in the final, in the final years of Judah before they were exiled to Babylon. Uh, much of the book of Jeremiah, chapter after chapter, speaks of God's coming judgment. The captivity um, would come nearly 900 years. So this, is, this speaks to God's long suffering. This captivity of Judah would come nearly 900 years after the original covenant God made uh, with his people in Exodus chapter 26, verse 1 through 18, which says, then he said to Moses, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, 
Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and you shall worship at a distance. Moses alone, however, shall come near to the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people come up with him. Then Moses came and recounted to the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has spoken, we will do. Hmm. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. Then he arose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. He sent young men of the sons of Israel and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and the other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. So Moses, he took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses went up to Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. And under his feet there appeared to be a pavement of sapphire, as clear as the sky itself. Yet he did not stretch out his hand against the nobles of the sons of Israel. And they saw God and they ate and drank. Now the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and remain there. And I will give you the stone tablets uh, with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses arose with Joshua, his servant, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. But the elders but to the elders, he said, wait here for, for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has a, a legal matter, let him approach them. Then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of the Lord rested on, on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud and to the eyes of the sons of Israel, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. Moses entered the midst of the cloud as he went up to the mountain. And, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. That was the scene. That was the covenant. And so it had been 900 years. And then we have Jeremiah. And then we're going to see what happens next. This is Aaron Addison's here. We'll be right back after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will. I'm Will Addison, and today we're talking about responses to judgment. And we were looking at uh, Jeremiah, and we were looking at how God used him. He had a difficult task and assignment to warn the people of God, hey, captivity is coming. Judgment is looming. 
but they would not listen. They, they persecuted him. They threw him in a cistern. His family even wanted him gone. Like this, it, it was amazing what he endured, you know, as a, as a servant of God. But God was uh, using him to speak forth his word. And so I'm going to pick back up, and I just read uh, the covenant that was established with the people in Exodus chapter 24. And this was like 900 years before, you know, uh, 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 Jeremiah was on the scene preaching about the judgment that was imminent. And so God is, and I read that to show that God's uh, mercy, he's merciful, he's long-suffering. Because Israel was consistently sinful all the way up to Jeremiah's time. There was times where they, you know, went and served, even during Moses' time, they were sinful. So God's you know, um, uh, long-suffering, his mercy, you know, is it, on display here. But there comes a time when that runs out, when that runs out. So take, for instance, a couple of Jeremiah's prophecies. And I'm going to read a little bit of them because I want you guys to hear, you know, some of the things uh, that he was saying under the, under the power of God. He had different interactions with kings. He served under, you know, uh, a few different kings. Uh, the people at one point had a response. And so I, I want to read some of Jeremiah chapter 7 and then some other verses. And we're talking again about responses to judgment. So Jeremiah was set, sent as a prophet of God to, to preach and to prophesy that, man, we got to get right. Got to get right because if not, God is sending Babylon. Babylon's coming. But they had all these other prophets that were saying, no, that's not going to happen. Jeremiah's lying. You know, it's going to be good with us. But that was not what the Lord was saying. Jeremiah chapter 7, and I'll just read a few of these verses. The word, of, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, stand at the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim uh, there this word and say, hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who enter by these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord the, the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says, amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words saying uh, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly practice justice between a person and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the orphan or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, nor follow other gods uh, to your own ruin, then I will let you live in this place. You see, even here, God is like, man, change. He's calling on them to repent. He's calling on them to repent. He's in the land that I, I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail. Will you still murder uh, commit adultery, swear falsely, offer sacrifices to Baal, and follow other gods that you have uh, not known, then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are saved? Listen to this. And look, before we look at this and stand, and stand in judgment ourselves or these people, this is happening right now in our country. This is why I'm trying to make this comparison, this correlation. God is, is sending forth his warnings that, man, 
Not only is judgment coming, but you guys are living in it right now. The things that are happening in this land, that's just not a coincidence or just happenstance. This is a result of sinfulness. Sinfulness. So he said, you're going to do all this evil, yet come into my place that you, that's supposed to be called by my name and say we are saved so that, so that you may do all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your sight? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. But now go to my, to my place, which was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at the beginning, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. Go check it out yourself, what I've done in the past because of the wickedness. And now, because you have done all these things, declares the Lord, and I spoke to you, speaking again and again, but you did not listen. And I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house which is called by my name in which you trust and to the place which I gave to you and your, your fathers, just as I did to Shiloh. I will hurl you out of my sight, just as I have hurled out all your brothers, all the descendants of Ephraim. And this prophecy goes on and on, even to the point where he tells Jeremiah, don't even pray for these people anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to hear it. I'm not going to hear it. This is the warning. This, these are warnings that God is giving to his people and saying, look, right now, amend your ways. Amend your ways. Like, stop what you're doing. Stop this evil and amend your ways. There was one king. Zedekiah, who actually was seeking the word of the Lord from Jeremiah. And he did this a couple of times, but they didn't obey. Even though he came in secret, he wanted to know, is there a word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, yes, you will be taken captive because you're, you're being disobedient. But they didn't listen. They're, they were stiff-necked stiff and hard-hearted because they could not uh, receive the word of the Lord. In Jeremiah chapter 38, verse 14. Now remember, we're talking about the responses to judgment. It says, Then King Zedekiah sent word and had Jeremiah the prophet brought to him at the third entrance. That is in the house of the Lord. And the king said to Jeremiah, I am going to ask you something. Do not hide anything from me. And Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, If I tell you, Will you not certainly put me to death? Now, Jeremiah knew, you know, that his position and what he was saying was not liked. He said, besides, if I give you advice, you will not listen to me. But King Zedekiah swore to Jeremiah in secret, saying, as the Lord lives, who made the life up for us, I certainly will not put you to death, nor will I hand you over to these men who are seeking your life. And he didn't say, and I will listen to what you say. He didn't say that. So Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, this is what the Lord God of armies, the God of Israel says. If you will indeed surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon, then you will live. This city will be will not be burned with fire and you and your household will survive. But if you do not surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon, then this city will be handed over to the Chaldeans. And they will burn it with fire 
and you yourself will not escape from their hands. Then King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I am in fear of the Jews who have deserted to, uh, to the Chaldeans, for they may hand me over to them and they will abuse me. But Jeremiah said, they will not turn you over. Please, this is Jeremiah, this is the prophet, and they called him the weeping prophet. Man, he had a hard road. He said, please obey the Lord in what I am saying to you, so that it may go well for you and you may live. But if you keep refusing to surrender, this is the word which the Lord has shown me. Behold, all of the women who have been left in this palace, this palace, the palace of the king of Judah, are going to be brought out to the officers of the king of Babylon. And those women will say, your close friends have misled and overpowered you while your feet were sunk in the mire. They turned back. They are also going to bring out all your wives and your sons to the Chaldeans. And you yourself will not escape from their hand, but will be seized by the hand of the king of Babylon. And this city will be burned with fire. Suffice it to say, the next chapter, Zedekiah is taken captive. And exactly what Jeremiah said happened. He did not obey the word of the Lord. Judgment is coming. There's a clear word from the Lord, from the prophet Jeremiah. But they're too stiff necked. They don't listen to what uh, the Lord is saying. And the last one I want to, to share is Jeremiah chapter 42. The same thing, and I'm, I'm sharing this for a reason. This is a response to judgment. This is one response to judgment. And there, I mean, you look throughout scriptures, you see this kind of thing happening. But this is a response from the people of Judah to judgment. Jeremiah chapter 42. It says, Then all the commanders of the forces, Johanan, the son of Korea, the son of Hoshiah, and all the people from the small to the great. So you have the commanders and the people from small to great. They approached and said to Jeremiah the prophet, this is what the people said. Please, please let us, uh, let our pleading come before you and pray for us to, uh, to the Lord, your God, for all this remnant. You see, what they wanted to do, they wanted to is go to Egypt. They, they wanted to try to flee and go to Egypt to escape the, the, the captivity of Babylon. They thought Egypt was going to protect them. That's what, they, that's what they wanted. But they still asked Jeremiah to go to God and see what God would say. And since we have been left only a few out of many, just as your own eyes now see us, so this is a remnant, that the Lord God will tell us the way in which we should walk. So they're, they're, they're sounding like, man, we're going to, if you go and whatever the Lord say, that's what we want to do. And the thing that we should do, and then Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I am going to pray to the Lord your God in accordance with your words, and I will tell you the whole message which the Lord gives you as an answer. I will not withhold a word from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, may the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not act in accordance with the whole message with which the Lord your God will send you to us. So they're saying, we're going to listen. We're going to listen to you. 
Whether it is pleasant, listen to this, or unpleasant, we will listen to the voice of the Lord, our God, to whom we are sending you, so that it may go well for us when we listen to the voice of the Lord, our God. Hmm. Now, at the end of 10 days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Then he called for uh, Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the commanders of the forces that were with him, and for all the people from small to great, and said to them, this is what the Lord says, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me. Remember, y'all sent me to present your, your plea before him. If you will indeed stay in this land, then I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you, for I will relent of the disaster that I have inflicted on you. That sounds clear. Stay in the land. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you are now fearing. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and rescue you from his hand. I will also show you compassion. I will show you compassion so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your own soil. But if you are going to say we will not stay in this land so so as not to listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, saying, no, but we will go to the land of Egypt where we will see, not see war or hear the sound of the trumpet or hunger for bread, and we will stay there. Then, in that case, listen to the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. If you really set your minds to enter Egypt and go in to reside there, then the sword of which you are afraid will overtake you there in the land of Egypt and famine and the famine about which you are anxious will follow closely after you in Egypt. And you will die there. So all the people who set their minds to go to Egypt to reside there will die by the sword, by famine or by plague. And they will have no refuge, refuge, refugees or survivors from the disaster that I'm going to bring on them. So it's clear. He's saying, no, don't go to Egypt. You think you're going to be safe there? Stay here. He's telling them, this king of Babylon, I prepared him. I sent him. He's, he's my, you know, discipline on you. So trust me, stay here. But if you go to Egypt, it will be disaster. And it says, for this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says, as my anger and wrath have gushed out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so my wrath will gush out on you when you enter Egypt and you will become a curse, an object of horror, an imprecation and a disgrace, and you will not see this place again. Wow. The Lord has spoken to you, you remnant of Judah. Do not go to Egypt. He says it again. Don't go. You know for certain that I have admonished you today, for you have only deceived yourselves, for, for it is you who sent me to the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us to the Lord our God, and whatever the Lord our God says, tell us so, and we will do it. So I have told you today, but you have not obeyed the Lord your God in whatever he has sent me to tell you. They didn't obey. And now you shall know for certain that you will die by the sword, by famine or by plague in the place where you desire to go and reside. This was a stiff necked, hard people who did not listen to the Lord. Their response to judgment was one of disobedience. They hardened their heart even more. 
again we're talking about responses to judgment and i'm going to continue and i'm going to show you a different response when we get back erin addison's stay close just give me jesus This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Uh, this is Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about responses to judgment. And I just went through a bunch of scriptures uh, from the book of Jeremiah showing the stiff-necked nature of the people of Judah who would not listen time and time again, from the people to the kings. To, I mean, they just would not listen, but they believed the false prophets who, who were saying, oh, nothing's going to happen. You'll be all right. You're going to be fine. Uh, uh, this this Babylon is not going to overtake us, but that's what happened. And Jeremiah was preaching this message over forty years. Now I want to I want to I want to pivot to a different response to judgment. The responses to judgment. So remember, Judah, man, this is the portion of, of the people in which the um, the Messiah would come. Uh, th- th- these were the people of God. They have received the covenant, you know, from God. Like these, these, these were the people of God, but yet there is another response we have to look at. We have Nineveh. Nineveh is a great, it was a great city in 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 Assyria, pretty much its crowning jewel, like and like just a, a a bustling city. Everything was there. Eventually, it became like the capital of Assyria, and God sent a reluctant prophet. Another prophet, he sent a reluctant prophet to speak of the coming judgment there. And we know him to be Jonah. And God said to Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it. Because their wickedness has come up before me. So in Judah, we have the people of God. This is the people that God has formed, this nation, you know. But right here in Nineveh was a wicked nation, wicked city, a wicked city of the Assyrians. And so judgment has been, was, was proclaimed upon uh, Judah. Judgment has been proclaimed upon Nineveh. And he sends Jonah. And we know from the story, Jonah disobeys and goes the opposite direction. And God sends, God sends a storm. And uh, he discovered that that what the people with Jonah discovered that it's because of Jonah's disobedience that this storm has come about. So they throw Jonah into the sea and God provides. And the NASB says he designated a great fish to swallow Jonah (laughs) in which he was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. This of course is uh, foreshadowing, but Jonah repents and the Lord causes the big fish to spit Jonah out. And God commands Jonah to go a second time to Nineveh. And this time he obeys. Good for Jonah, right? Now, Nineveh was not a righteous city. As I said, it was wicked. And the Bible describes Nineveh as being exceedingly large city, a three days walk. So Jonah, he only went into the city 
on a one day's walk. So he went into a part of the city. He he just entered in. And be, and when he got in, though, he began to cry out that judgment was coming to Nineveh in only 40 more days. The next passage is striking. Uh, it says, then, listen to this, then the people of Nineveh believed God. And we're talking about the responses to judgment. Then the people of Nineveh believed God and they called the fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And when the word reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, removed his robe from himself, covered himself with sackcloth and sat on the dust. And he issued a proclamation. And it is said in Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, no person, animal, animal, herd or flock is to taste anything. That's that's amazing. They are not to eat or drink. But every person and animal must be covered with sackcloth and people are to call on God vehemently. And they are to turn each one from his evil way and from the violence which is in their hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his burning anger so that we will not perish. We're talking about responses to judgment. This is a totally different response. And we have to pause here because uh, we said earlier that God's people during the time of Jeremiah, as he had been prophesying for 40 years, not only him, there was, there was other prophets too, but for 40 years, they didn't listen to him. They persecuted him. Like I said, put him in a cistern to die. His relatives scorned him and wanted him dead. But you have a wicked city hearing that in 40 days they will be judged. And when they heard Jonah, after going on a little bit in the city, they believed God. Wow. Wow. It matters how we respond to judgment. It matters. It matters. It's amazing to me that in Nineveh, it started with the people. The people first heard and then they believed God. The decree came uh, from the king after he heard about it. But the people, they started this thing in motion. It was like, man, we believe what this, this guy is saying. <laughs> we believe that it's coming. But then the king took it to another level. He's like, man, we look, everybody, let's shut it down. We're going to fast. We're going we're gonna to cry out vehemently. I don't want anybody eating or drinking anything, not even the animals. I mean, you know, he came up out of his robe in his royal gear, put on sackcloth. Like that's the response that's supposed to happen. That's the response. That's the response. So this takes me to America, established by God to spread the gospel, as I said before, miraculously formed by God. Uh, in his writings and founding documents, the fingerprint of God, God's inspired word is all over it. But look at us now. Look at us now. We have turned from God. We are like Judah. We are idolatrous, violent, deviant, murderous, and the like. What will our response be? Are we like, are we going to be like Judah during the time of Jeremiah? Or are we going to be like Nineveh 
during the time of Jonah. Now, I have to say during the time of Jonah, because Nineveh would rebel against God again. And like 100 years later, there's another prophet, Nahum, who would pr pronounce the ultimate judgment on Nineveh. So they had grown to be the largest city in the world, the capital of Assyria, uh, which at that time was the most powerful nation on earth. But they had forgotten about God and how he spared them during the, the time of, jo of, of Jonah. So they will ultimately be decimated by the Babylonians. OK, but going back to the time of Nineveh during Jonah's day, look at that response. Look at that response. These people and this king, whoever he was, had the appropriate response when judgment was looming. So what will our response be in America? We have to wake up. y'all. I talked some weeks ago about the spirit of stupor. We have to shake ourselves. We have to respond appropriately to what's going on. Folks, we are under judgment now. It's going to get worse. And sadly, I don't believe we are at the point where the people of Nineveh were. We are, we, we are still, still too comfortable, too busy, too distracted, too divided. Even within a church, our response is not uh, the same. We don't have that desperation that these wicked people had. They shut everything down. They said, we're not going to eat or drink. <laughs> like, and then they were just having hope. They're like, maybe by chance, God will relent. He'll hear us and relent. And you know the story he did. He did. That's the main reason why Jonah didn't even want to go. Because he knew that if the people repent, that God was going to spare them. These were, the, these were wicked people. <laughs> so Jonah had some heart issues. He didn't want them to be spared. But what will our response to judgment be? You know, the Lord mentions Nineveh when he's rebuking the scribes and the Pharisees uh, when they ask him for a sign. Remember that? Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation craves a sign. And so no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah, the prophet. For just as Jonah was in the stomach of the sea monster for three days and three nights, so will the son of man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. I would say, man, that the men of Nineveh will stand in judgment in a, you know, against America as well. Because look at, our, look at our founding, biblical standards, biblical principles. But these wicked people repented under the preaching of a prophet Jonah. And Jesus saying, I'm here in the flesh. I'm here. And you guys are hard hearted. And I say, America, we have no excuse. We understand God. We understand where we've come from, the founding and all of that stuff. We understand it. We tout it. We stick our chest out. You know, we, we, in God we trust. But man, how are we living? What is our response to judgment? Jesus recalls the repentance and turning from sin of the people of Nineveh 
to chastise the so-called religious because they would not turn at his word. A greater than Jonah was right in their midst. Oh, but what about America? What about us? What about us who we tout being a nation under God? A nation proclaiming that in God we trust. A nation uh, akin to, to uh, Israel. Now, I'm not saying America is Israel, but akin to Israel was established by him for his glory. What will our response be in these days of judgment? Folks, our response to judgment matters. The things that are going on in this country, in this land right now, as we seeing, as we are seeing, you know, the church being distracted. We, we, we talk about critical race theory and all this stuff that's happening, not only just in the schools, but has infiltrated the church. We talk about sexual deviancy, the pull to, to grab our kids, our children, to sexualize them. We talk about the different agendas. We understand that babies are being murdered through abortion. We see all this stuff is happening. How long do you think we can continue in wickedness, in wickedness, and God is just like, oh, it's okay. It's all right. There's a, there's a point where judgment, as it's looming, it will be released. And I, and I truly believe that now we're feeling the effects of it. You know, I said this before. You talk about the coronavirus and the Delta variant and all this stuff. And these things are real. But I have to look at the sinfulness of this nation as well. And, and, and particularly the church in this nation. The church in this nation. And say, when will we have that same type of desperation as the people, the wicked people of Nineveh had under, in Jonah's day? And begin to say, hey, let's shut it down. Let's repent. Man, let's call out to the Lord. Perhaps he may awaken this land. Where is that? Remember, Jeremiah, for years and years and years, he spoke to the people about what was coming. Apparently, there were some people listening because out of that, we see Daniel and his companions whose parents must have listened to the, the prophecies of Jeremiah and said, hey, this man is not crazy because they conducted themselves in a way, and you see that in the book of Daniel. But man, I'm telling you, most of the people, most of the people did not hear the word of the Lord. They did not, they did not obey. And my thing right now, as we are living in the United States of America and all these things are going on, let's not get caught up in the political aspects. Let's not get caught up in, oh man, this is bad. Shaking our heads that this stuff is happening. But ask the Lord, let's ask the Lord to move us to repentance. If our hearts are calloused and cold and dry and we're not in that place, we have to cry out to God and say, God, help me. Help me. God, because we need to repent. In order for this th th these things to change, the trajectory that we're on is going to only come by the hand of God. The responses to judgment. Will we respond like the people of Judah? 
or will we respond like the so-called the wicked people of Nineveh? This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. Thank you so much for listening. And I just pray that the words that were spoken there will be taken to heart and that God will heal this land. Until tomorrow, God bless.